Okay. Can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SOBERGIRLS for $10 off your first order. I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash sobergirls or Use the promo code SOBERGIRLS at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash SOBERGIRLS for $10 off. Okay, can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SOBERGIRLS for $10 off your first order. I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash sobergirls or Use the promo code SOBERGIRLS at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash SOBERGIRLS for $10 off. I'm your host, Erin. I'm with my amazing co-host, Michaela. And on today's show, we have one of our fantastic mastermind members, Carrie Richmond, who is a busy wife, busy mama of two kiddos, one neurotypical, one neurodiverse, She's a homeschool teacher by day, fantasy fiction author by night, and when she isn't dreaming up fantasy novels, she uses her blog to advocate for mental health awareness and talks openly about her spiritual journey, to voice encouragement to parents of um, neurodiverse children, especially those on the autism spectrum. Her debut novel, Eyes on Fire, The Unseen Realm, is available now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble's. Um, and we will make sure to share in the show notes how to connect with Carrie because you're going to want to, especially after this. So Carrie, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. We're so excited to be celebrating 90 days of living alcohol-free. And so for anybody in the rooms of AA, 
That's actually your first celebration. This is a big deal, guys. This is, you know, for 90 days. And, you know, Michaela, we have to think of something for our mastermind members. We do. You get a pin in the room. So we're going to come up with something uh-huh. for our crew. <laughs> we have to. I wish I could pin you, but um, we're going to come up with something. So 90 days is huge. It's the first celebration. And, you know, and it's a complete reset. It takes 90 days to reset our brain, to reset our cravings to kind of reset our lives when it comes to addictions and alcohol. So we're thrilled to have you on. We're thrilled that you're part of our mastermind. And I guess we want to just, you know, to go into, you know, your relationship with alcohol, maybe. So just give a little background of when you started drinking, why you started drinking, how you got to today where you decided, oh, I need to put down the drink. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm so excited to be here. I'm absolutely thrilled to be part of the mastermind. It was just perfect timing and perfect alignment and has been such a blessing to me. But yeah, so my drinking journey, I guess, kind of started delayed. I didn't start drinking until college. (laughs) I was that weirdo that made it through high school and never picked up a drink. I didn't party. I was too hyper-focused on being perfect, quote unquote perfect. And um, really it was getting out of college, falling into my first mainstream career job at a local news station that the stresses of that, I would come home and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. How do I deal with this? How do I cope? And everyone around me was coping with alcohol. So I did what everyone else was doing. And little by little, that became how I tolerated the difficulties in that new job also within difficulties of being a newlywed. And then years on later, being a mother, being a mother first and foremost flips your world upside down as you guys are well aware. Mm -hmm. And then to throw on top of it that my very first baby is neurodiverse and falls on the autism spectrum. It was just really overwhelming, especially from a personal background of having any type of anything that sets you apart was really just not talked about. It wasn't something that was embraced. It wasn't, oh, let's grow through this. How can we support you? You're so different and that's beautiful. It was very much try to fall in line, try to meet expectations. And so trying to come to terms with that in a way, um, and my extra need parents out there will feel me. It's a whole process, you know, because it's a grieving process. You finally become a mother or a parent. And of course your entire life, you've had these little dreams and expectations of, oh, I'll have a boy or I'll have a girl and she'll do ballet and he'll play football. And, you know, we kind of create these stories for our children in our own heads. And then the reality is that they come into this world, their own unique soul and being. And then when you throw something like extra needs into the mix, that's kind of, for me, it was out of left field. I had no personal experience um, with anything like that prior, um, which is funny because in hindsight, I can see that very clearly I was surrounded by this my whole life, but it was hushed up and played down and not open. So I feel very much to speak openly about our experience and just make it normal to be unique and totally accept the way that God made you. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, but that was a very dark period for me and having that stage set for me of, oh, we cope with alcohol, you drink. That was what I did. I really kind of plugged myself into the bottle and 
being an author as well, there also was this whole narrative mindset that I grew up with that, oh, you know, moody creatives, that's what we do. We drink, we lock ourselves in a closet with our whiskey and we just write and that's what we do and it's okay. Um, And so I think I really allowed myself to kind of cling to these narratives that were preset for me because it didn't make me have to question my own relationship with alcohol, even when it got to the point that I knew it needed to be questioned. So for quite a while there, I was in survival mode, struggling, and, um, and that was really how I tried to cope by not coping, by escaping. And between writing and drinking, um, that was really, writing was the only one that was actually productive and helpful and saved me in so many ways. But of course it's taken me, this journey has in no way been linear and it's taken me so many years to finally hit the point where I'm past being curious. Mm -hmm. I'm know that there is so much more for me on the other side of drinking and this sober life is so incredible and so aligned with what I want and desire. So having come through all the darkness and putting all the work in, and I didn't just come to this realization, all of a sudden it has been years of working with my therapist, my life coach, and really for someone who doesn't have any trauma with a capital T, I just never really, I would say, I just want to stop drinking. I just want to stop. Why can't I stop? You know, and it was kind of like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just, you know, stop drinking? And so I would force it. And of course that never works (laughs) because all you do is think about the lack. Your mindset is in the lack of what I'm missing out on, not having my safety net there to support me that whole mentality. But when I really did the inner work, the dirty, messy stuff and got down to the root of things that had been kind of festering in me for so long, I was able to see very clearly, oh, (laughs) this is why I'm drinking. It's because I'm trying to escape this. It's because I'm trying to avoid these feelings. It's because I don't want to deal with this and I'm trying to just shut it off. So learning that would say that was the biggest key for me was coming to my own in therapy and really doing that dirty, messy work through the darkness to see how my relationship with alcohol was truly detrimental. And then after I began to work through it little by little, it wasn't as much of, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose. I'm going to miss out on so much. It was, I'm going to be so free. I'm going to feel so good. And I cannot wait to be on the other side of this where I can speak openly about it too. That was another thing. You get to the point where you're drinking so much that you're privately anxious about how much you're drinking. And so what do you do? You drink more to make yourself not feel anxious. But then the next day you wake up and the anxiety, you know, of course you guys know, um, I don't know if the listeners are aware, but there's so much Um, data behind how much alcohol actually significantly increases your anxiety and your depression and all of those things that a lot of us are trying to mask or calm or soothe with the alcohol. So it's just kind of crazy. It's like we're doing it to ourselves, but we can't step back and see the forest for the trees. So really it took me getting through all of that personal inner work to lay the 
the groundwork and the frame for me saying, I'm ready and I really want this. And I know that there's going to be triggers. I know that I've spent the last decade of my life escaping in alcohol. There are going to be so many situations where I want someone who's walked the same path to support me, to be there for me, to listen, to say, you know what, me too. And this is what I do. Maybe this will help you. And so I kind of started that journey last year on my own. I kind of got super curious and would go five months, not five months, I'm sorry, five weeks, maybe six tops sober. And by the end of it, I would be feeling so good. And I loved it. But then I would think, oh, I'll just have a drink. And I don't know if it's the creative in me or what, but for whatever reason, drinking was my vice and I couldn't have just one drink and it would kind of domino effect, turn into a whole weekend. And it just seemed like so much time lost. And so I got to the end of last year. I had been in this little sober curious chat um, on Instagram or on Boxer with some, some ladies And it kind of seemed like for a while it served me, but then also at some point I realized I'm no longer curious and I don't want to just show up and have people reaffirm that this is hard. I want people to say, this gets to be so great. Here are the reasons why, and this is what we have to look forward to. And these are all the ways that you can totally just dominate this aspect of your life and make it flourish and be beautiful really taking out that low vibration aspect of what I felt like I was receiving for a long time, focusing on the lack and flipping it around. And it was so crazy because I hit that point in my journey and thought, where do I find that? (laughs) I thought maybe I need a new podcast to listen to. (laughs) So I just went on Instagram or on the podcast and uh, scrolled around and just typed in sober. And I scrolled through a few and kind of hit play and was like, nope, not for me. No, not for me. And a lot of them um, were overall sobriety, you know, things to do with drugs, things like that, which is not my journey. And I don't have a way to connect with people like that. I just don't understand it. And I thought there's just got to be other moms out there (laughs) who want to do this from a place of growth and trajectory of going straight forward, head on into life not from a feeling of, I've got to get sober. It's ruining my life. You know, I went to jail. I got to go to rehab. Like, I don't know. It was just so different. But then I finally found two sober girls podcast hit play. It was like Michaela and Aaron. Yes, ma'am. I am here for this. This is so wonderful. And it just so happened. I followed you guys on Instagram and you were launching the mastermind that same week. And I thought, Oh, like the heavens are shining on me. And God was like, girl, you are ready for this. Let's do it. And here are the ladies to help get you there. And every step of the way, the last 90 days has just been incredible. I just rambled for so long, but that is my whole backstory. That's how I got to the mastermind. And there we go. That was awesome. Yeah. You answered so many questions I had in my mind. And, um, Again, you know this. I love the way you speak. You guys, if you're in the mastermind, like you offer so much beautiful support to our members as well, because you come from a place of that inner healing because you've done the work. And that is the journey I've been on since I was 24. And I found even earlier than that. And I found yoga. And through that, like, there's no way you can do this 
number one, alone. And there's no way you can do this without the inner work. It just does not, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't feel good. But when you tap into those two, the community part, and then also the inner work part, which we provide, and we talk a lot about inside, you know, the masterminds, um, you're, you're good to go. Yes. Life will still happen as it does to all of us, but it's like, it's so much easier and it like those hard moments pass so much quicker and they don't linger on forever and days and weeks. And, oh, it's amazing. So 90 days is amazing. Congrats. I just want to know, like you went into this for a year. So when we got on the call that December, you said, I know I want to do this for, you know, at least a year, 12 months. Some people want to do 90 days, some people and see where it goes. I love that you chose 12 months because that you're going to go through all seasons of all of the changes, whether it's, you know, going through the summer, going through the fall and all of those little muscles are just going to strengthen and strengthen and strengthen. Like, how do you feel at, you know, cause I know January, you said it was quite easy and then February hit, or, you know, you went on your first vacation yeah. and we worked through that. Like, tell us a little bit about that 90 day journey. Like when you began, was there like this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Or did you already know the goodness that's to come from this? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think I was so aligned with my decision when I went into it, it was purely out of desire and knowing that this was the next right step for me. So that was the mindset that I went into. There's no other way you could go into any amount of sobriety, whether it's a week, a day, a month, 10,000 years without fully being in alignment with that choice. So out of the gate, it was, I want to say really easy. It was surprisingly easy. Um, things that I kind of, and I guess it had helped that I'd done little stints of sobriety here and there, you know, up to five or six weeks. So I knew the triggers existed. I had already started to lay the framework for recognizing them, pulling myself back, reframing, not glamorizing the drinking or focusing on the lack and the things that I was missing out on, um, and really kind of already playing in the realm of how do I successfully exist alongside my stress, <laughs> alongside the things that life is going to throw at me. Um, so I already had a, a nice little framework there to fall on. So I don't know if that's what, and then just knowing that deep inner knowing of this is the next right step for me. So the first 30 days kind of just flew by and it was really nice that I had you guys there to support me because out of the gate in January, I went on a trip with my husband and I knew going into that, that there were going to be so many triggers that I only experience a handful of times a year because I don't travel a lot. Um, I think I share with you guys, my husband travels, I'll tell the listeners, so I don't sound bougie unnecessarily, but my husband traveled at least half of the year. He's on planes in the air all the time. So we have lots of points that we get to use. And so when I travel that once every five years or so, 
I fly first class with all those points and it's always a big ordeal for me. It's really fun. I like to lean into the luxe of it and I would always, you know, do all the mimosas and all the things, you know, because it's free and it's first class. And so for me, it was kind of like, okay, and I know we're going to stay at this beautiful resort. We're going to be alone, going to be flying first class. There are so many old stories and patterns that I've spent the last 10 years writing. So how do I rewrite these. And you guys were there for me every step of that way, giving Mm -hmm. me such beautiful support and great ideas to just be able to step back and reassess it as an opportunity. And, you know, okay, this is how you used to fly, but how do you dream to fly? How do you want this experience to be? And how can you reframe it and rebuild it into this experience that is totally you, totally beautiful, totally sober and everything that you want it to be? And so we kind of did that for the whole trip and we got there and unexpectedly our room had a full stocked, gorgeous little bar. And I was like, oh, I feel like I should be really triggered by this, but oddly I'm not. So that's great. So I, it was more the plane thing. And I think in my head, but knowing that I had access to you guys in my pocket, if I needed that support, or if I felt like something came up and I'm feeling triggered or these emotions, you know, it was so great to know that you were there, but then we came back and life happened (laughs) in February. I want to say was a complete blur. March kind of has been too, but the stresses kicked back in the stresses of homeschooling, of trying to figure out how to juggle, launching my book, self-promoting and homeschooling, being a mother, not dropping the ball and anything, you know, keeping all the plates spinning. And there were so many of those moments that brought up triggers for me that I didn't realize, oh, wow, this is when I used to get so overwhelmed that I would go, I just need a drink. (laughs) And it was really, okay, wait, that's what I used to do. So you guys would help me to go, okay, well, this is what used to make me think I needed a drink. Why is that? Let's step back, look at the bigger picture what do I really need that I'm filling the void with a drink for right now? Is it a break? Is it a hot bath? Is it a walk? Do I just need to go throw a bunch of ice on our pavement and let out some anger? Like what? Cause it's always something that you're filling with a drink. So that was a big month for me unexpectedly. Um, I think after January was so easy, I thought, oh, this year is just going to fly by and I'm not going to need this support. And then I was so grateful that I had it in place with our Voxer chat and everything because February, I think I didn't leave you guys alone. (laughs) It was just like so many um, firsts in the real world of experiencing this. And then, you know, there are so many firsts, not just, I guess in the 90 days in the whole first year, which I'm excited to navigate and go through, but I had big birthdays, my first time eating out with people at a really nice restaurant that just happened to be the place that has my favorite espresso martini. And it's like, how do I go there and not order but you figured it out, right? We talked about it. And what did you do? You figured out a different type of non-alcoholic drink, right? And you loved it. And you guys helped totally reframe going into even a a restaurant or a bar and completely owning, Hey, do you have a mocktail recipe, a menu? You know, what can you offer me? I love something delicious and cute and fun. And, you know, it's just for some reason, there was a lot of stuff hanging out in my head that told me, don't draw attention to yourself. It's weird enough that you're not going to be drinking in the bar. How dare you ask for a mocktail? 
<laughs> you know, so all these old narratives that I had to kind of step back and go, what is the story I'm telling myself here about ordering mocktails? And am I actually going to really be more filled, happy and enjoy this experience if I have one? And yes. did you enjoy Why yourself? I not ask for one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I ended up getting these incredible, delicious mocktails. And I was like, I am so here for this. It's so delicious and yummy. And then I'm fully present for the conversations and the memories. And it was just beautiful. But all those firsts are really interesting to navigate the first time. And it was absolutely trivial that I had access to support during that time. Otherwise, there would have been so many opportunities for me to not listen to my higher self or my inner knowing and just do what was easy because it was what was known and familiar and safe you know? So, uh, so I love it. What do you think? Um, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what has living alcohol free given you these last 90 days? Wow. I don't know if I could really memorize it into something short. It's giving me vitality back in my life. Like really in every aspect, I feel like I'm so much, not only more connected to self, but my children, my husband, I'm fully present all the time. I'm not losing time as well. That's been a great gift that I've gotten back. You know, not only are you losing the time when you're drinking, you're losing hours or days afterwards at our age. I don't know about yes. you guys, but it would take me days to recover from like a drinking binge because I'm not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm wasting so much time. So I, I feel like I have gotten back this gift of time and presence and being able to access this 100% level of myself all the time, which has been the greatest gift really. That's one of my favorites too. Yeah. The time it's like, but then I, I remember you went through a period of like, oh my gosh, I have so much time. What do I do with it? Like I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. bored. Is it okay to be bored? <laughs> yeah. right? Remember that? That was like a month and a half ago. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> you go through this period. <laughs> I guess you don't realize when you're in the muck of it, how much time you're, you're handing over to alcohol. And then when you get all of that time back, you're just, my cup runneth over. What do I do with all this free time? <laughs> get a new hobby, write another book. I mean, it's just, really the, the possibilities just skyrocket and it opens so many doors when you have access to all this extra time at hundred percent. So you're not just getting the extra time. You're being able to show up into it exactly how you want. Yeah. It's so incredible. But yeah, there was a time when I was like, should I take up a hobby? Why do I do? It me so much to get tired now. And I can still relate to that where I'm like, Oh my God, I need to like figure this out, but it's the, it's the best thing in the world. And something you said that just, I think it's so important for everyone listening, everyone who's just like on the fence. And I love how you described you were circling around, you were sober curious and you had your sober curious crew. And guess what? Everyone circling who's curious. If you stay there, you're just going to be curious. You're never going to get what you are experiencing what we know is on the other side, but you have to take that step of faith connect with people who can show you, help you, support you, love you, and remind you, yes, it's worth it. And yes, you can do this. And especially when you're facing those uncomfortable emotions, because you were before, I love how you said it. You said, I was just coping by escaping. So you were not coping. So what happens when you stop drinking, 
and you have some time, you awaken those old emotions. That's what you were feeling because you were this like calm, but you were awakening those small T's, the small trauma, right? That we all have. And they come to surface and they didn't kill you. You just had to face them, feel them and, and move through. And that's just part of life now without alcohol. And it's so amazing now that when they pop up for me, I'm like, oh, I remember that when I was 10, right? I guess now I get to actually heal in this. And I don't look at it as like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me. I think, thank you. I want to be free. And mm. I want I want to release that. And you can move through it with community, with support. But I mean, I'm like just listening to you so inspired because we're truly limitless. We're truly limitless beings. And when we poison ourselves, we take away all our power. Mm. And you, especially as a creative and a mom and a woman, I mean, what is the next thing on your, your bucket list that you're like, okay, are you going to write another book? Like, is there anything that's just swirling right now for you that you're like, I'm ready to perhaps pursue this? Yeah. For me, writing sober is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that I intentionally really felt was the next right step for me this year was, you know, I've, fed myself this story for all these years that I can only receive this beautiful gift of really falling away, escaping into my story when I also have a glass beside me. And it was just very intuitive. And when I realized myself, oh, I'm really feeling to explore allowing myself to write mm. fully present, fully carry without the dependency of feeling the support of alcohol, which I don't even really know how much of a support it was. I mean, this is uh, anyone that's a writer, actually on that trip in January, I got, I can't remember if I told you guys this or not. There was a guy in first class and I kid you not, he was wearing this t-shirt and it said, write drunk, edit sober. And I remember thinking that is very funny that is literally what I have done the last however many years. And I want to break that narrative for myself. I feel like that is the next challenge that I'm ready to rise to meet. It's this almost this comfort level that I fell into that, you know, I'm comfortable writing this way and expressing myself this way. The good channels only come to me when I've like let my guard down and I'm a little bit tipsy or whatever. And it's like, no, actually some of the things I'm most proud of, I wrote when I was editing sober. <laughs> so it's like, I think I really feel deeply this year to dive into the rest of my series completely sober and get to experience writing from that perspective. And I think I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I think I will be to hear how the readers <laughs> compare book one to book two and three, knowing that they were written really in such different states. And one, it was my escape. It was my survival. It was how I carried myself through the years that I didn't know how else to carry myself. It was really how I survived. So it was a very personal, putting it out there and publishing it was really very much like walking naked out into the world and throwing everyone copies of my diary is what it felt like to me. Um, but on the flip side of that, it's like, I have this opportunity now to rise up and meet my gift at a hundred percent all the time. So I'm just really excited to embrace that and to destroy this story that I've told myself for years is that I'm only a good writer when I'm drinking. 
Wow. There's so many identity shifts that we have to work on and literally rewrite. It's, it's fascinating, but it's so much fun. You, you literally get to be the writer, the director, the creator of your own story. Um, I love that. And you guys, Carrie's book is amazing. I could not put it down. I think I was like, I think it took me like a few days, maybe a week to finish it. I loved it. Um, and I think your next phase with writing sober, I think it's going to be really powerful. And I, I have a little suggestion. So since you had a ritual, probably with your first one to have a drink accompanying you while you were writing the way if I want to channel and if I want to connect to like all the greatest ideas, like, and I know you do this is yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually habit stack that right before you write and imagine all of this information flowing, downloading through you and then onto the keyboard or the paper. Um, And I think that's a, that's a better way. (laughs) Like you could be that writer that does that, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's amazing. And I think, you know, even anything that we create, whether it's books or whatnot, but in your case, it's the books, it's you're putting out this energy. And so like, we're receiving it. And I think the sequel will be so much even more powerful that way, because it's going to come through this clear channel. Right. And maybe it's going to be easier. Did you ever, did you start writing it or not yet? Yes. You did. And yeah. how, so how has that experience been? It's been so different. Um, there are so many things that are changing with this and I'm sure every writer has their own way of doing things, but I was very much not a, okay, I'm blocking off 11 to three and that's when I'm going to write, you know, kind of thing. It was sometimes, and it, cause I used it as an escape. Sometimes I would sit down and write two chapters. Then all of a sudden I would shelve it, not touch it for eight months. It was just a very interesting process because I only pulled on it when I needed it. And so going into it now, sober and knowing that this is what I really feel so deeply to do with my life and love to do, and it lights me up. And so I want to share that. It's going to be so different. I'm working right now to really reframe and structure how I want that to look, how I want it to feel. Do I I still want it and desire it to be an escape because for me, that's where the magic is. And when you force a story to me, I feel like you can always tell that. So yeah, I don't know. So all that to say, I guess I'm still working on it, but I'm allowing it to be very fluid and not really putting any expectation on how it's going to look. Just knowing that however it unfolds, it's going to be beautiful because it's going to be me being present and being sober and I'm allowing it to be flexible. Yeah. And we say all the time in the rooms that you actually are more connected to your creative source, you know, so higher power, God, when you do not have alcohol blocking you from the sunlight of the spirit. So I feel like now, Carrie, you're like this open channel of allowing just divine light and life to flow through you and create, like, I can like see it just like coming through you, creating in a way that I think it's going to be, you know, so incredibly better than whatever that alcohol was doing to help you, you know, get into that state of relaxation and flow, but this is the ultimate flow state. And I didn't realize that because I thought too, like that made me into this 
place where I felt more connected and more, you know, in tune and just released my control. But really, I'm now more connected to the source of all. So if we can imagine that flowing through as we create, it's like, oh, of course, you know, and then what Michaela said too, like the meditation before and just connecting in the yoga, I'm just, I'm so excited to see what you're going to produce. It just sounds like such more luxurious experience, like yoga, meditation, candle, tea. I mean, maybe like 50 drinks. Listen guys, like we're, we still love our drinks, but they're just more delicious and more healthy for our bodies. Right. But I think like alcohol is just such an illusion. We think we're more confident. We think we're more, you know, we're more outspoken. We think we're more creative. We think we're more, all of those things. And it's literally an illusion. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I've came to realize because not drinking for so long, like I've never been so confident, but it's a different confidence. It's not like, Oh, I just can go up. Like, yeah, I can go up to anybody, but it's, it's like, do I even want to go up to the person? It's like, it's like a different self-led confidence, like doing Mm -hmm. the right things versus like what I should be doing to like, you know, challenge myself or whatever. Um, Carrie, do you have any advice to women who are perhaps uh, sober curious and mm-hmm. obviously listening to this podcast and are considering living an alcohol-free life? What are some of those um, just advice or first steps that you recommend? I would say absolutely. First of all, if you're even remotely considering sobriety, stepping away from drinking, know that it's never just as simple as putting the drink down. There is something deeper and bigger. There's more work to do there and allow yourself the grace and the curiosity to really just deepen into all the questions. I would say if you're not a journaler, begin to journal. Or if you find yourself in those instances of needing or wanting to drink and realizing it's a default, you know, oh, actually, do I really need this? Or what is my body really wanting right now? (laughs) What are these emotions that I'm really feeling? I would say it's never as simple as just putting the drink down. At least it was not for me. Um, And I wasn't in a situation where I really felt that I, I needed or would benefit from like rehab or anything like that. But for me, it was just very much an aligned choice of knowing this isn't good for me. It's slowly having this terrible domino effect on every aspect of my life. I very desire very greatly to step away from this, but it's hard. Why is it hard? Get into the reasoning behind it, hire a coach, hire a therapist, really allow yourself to do the inner dark work because only when you have the courage to get to the root of the shadow, see what's causing it. Can you really with grace step back and say, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was there, but now that I do, I can let it go and step away. And then immediately, or even before you start to do that, start to source out people in your life or outside that I wouldn't normally meet like Michaela and Aaron who can support you and be there with you on this journey, because it is something, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it you really need that support for yourself too. And you're not doing yourself any favors by trying to be a martyr and do it by yourself. You're just going to set yourself up for failure. And you're also going to really limit the 
beautiful relationships that you can have and the things you can learn about yourself by witnessing other women go through the same thing in their own way. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of opportunity there to just, I would say, step back and reevaluate how you can get to the root of it and then find yourself a support system where you feel in alignment with the people around you. And sometimes that means reaching out to people that you wouldn't normally cross paths with because they live states and states away, or you might have a beautiful community local to you. You just need to go out and seek it. Love yeah. that. I do too. And I think too, community, like we talk about this all the time, community is king. <laughs> like you really don't change in isolation. I would never, I would never, ever, ever be sitting here if I tried to do this on my own. This is why Michaela and I are so passionate, people like you, Carrie, who would get to be part of their story and to champion your life. And we know the ripple effect that not only you healing and changing your relationship with alcohol, I know the blessings it will have on your children and their children and their children. There's generational blessings and the expansion of your own life and every person, your marriage, every person that you touch now is better because you put down the drink and it's, it's huge but it doesn't happen in isolation. And it's the greatest space to inhabit as a human being. Like I have to pinch myself that I get to go through this life sober, but I need you guys to keep me here and to remind me um, and to accompany me on this journey. So Carrie, we're just, we're so thankful for you. Um, and I'm so thankful for you, Michaela. We're I'm so thankful for you yeah. guys, honestly, like yeah. As much as it's helping the members in yeah. our group, it's, it's truly, truly helping me because I was sober curious for years. Yeah. In fact, I was cleaning something in my basement today and I opened up a notebook and it was a plain notebook. And there was, I have journals all throughout. And it's like the first pages written and then nothing. This was 2019. I wish I had it in front of me. And it was like, I feel amazing. I am sober. There's no more alcohol inside my body. And it was like a paragraph of things and like stating how I want to feel. And I'm like, holy shit. And obviously after that, I did drink, but like, I tried so hard and I never had a community. And like you, Carrie, I never, I just, I never even thought to go to AA because I, I truly wasn't dependent on it. Like I can go weeks without it. But then when I was in it, I was, I was in it. And it was hard to get out, you know, to, to, to stop. Um, but I mean, meeting Aaron last, last year, and it just, it was, it was so perfect. And even like showing up on these podcasts weekly mm-hmm. and ch- hanging out with you guys in the mastermind group call monthly and setting up for mm-hmm. those calls and just every single, any, all of those times reminding myself of why I'm doing this and focusing obviously on the good and not on the lack, like you said, which I think is so important. Yeah, It's not what we're losing. It's truly what we're gaining. And I think you have to have that reminder for yourself, but also have a group that reminds you of that constantly. Um, so I just, I'm grateful for you guys. I'm so happy that we crossed paths. I cannot wait for your next book. Um, Everything will be linked in the show notes. If you purchase the book on Amazon, please leave, a, leave her a beautiful review. Um, it truly reviews guys, as we know, it's like the best way to support each other um, and all of the time and effort that we put into things for you guys. So um, 
any last parting words for anyone? Do you guys have anything else? I just want to say thank you so much again for having me. This has been such a beautiful experience from start to now. And I'm so thrilled to continue on this journey, knowing that I have you guys with me and the support in place. And I will say it did occur to me just a minute ago. It can be very jarring for people who have always known you as being this one way when you decide to start to grow or change something. Don't let that keep you from following your own light and doing what you know you're feeling called to do. Um, you know, they can be triggered and that is their own journey and their own path, but don't let it stop you from seeking out the support system that you need or redirecting your steps towards a group that really can just fill your cup the way that you need. So that just occurred a minute ago. So I want to No, and I think that is one of the most important parts because as we met you, we are looking at you as the best version of yourself. We don't know much about your past. We we can't, you know what I mean? So it's like we're holding that vision with you and anybody that sort of enters these rooms as, as a sober girl. Yeah. Look at, you know, you with any, like any past, it's like, what are we doing going forward? How do we want to feel? How do we want to show up? Um, what do we want to create? That is the thing. You just become this like creator all of a sudden, like with this time and energy. So it's amazing. So you guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week's episode. We love you so, so, so much. And if you are curious, sober curious, we truly invite you to just try out our mastermind and just try on this sober lifestyle and leave the uh, curiosity behind and just, just give it a go. Give it a go. You literally have nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Yes. Only to gain. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.